Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover. Brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On the show today, I have Claire Cunningham. And if you haven't heard of Claire before, I'm about to rock your world. She just had an amazing debut on the Grand Ole Opry back in March. And today on the show, she is sharing her song, Clover, with us. Now, Claire's journey is really incredible. And I'm going to let her tell you all about it. But I hope that for any of you out there who have been struggling with mental health, addiction, or just struggling in general, I hope that you look at Claire's situation, her life, her career, and that you see that truly anything is possible. Anything at all is completely possible. So without any further ado, this is Clover by Claire Cunningham. To him for mercy and put my pride away. I hope he is me calling, calling out his name, his name. I know. For that I owe him everything, for that I owe my life. When clovers turn to blood and the river's running red, I wash all dust away to the light. Welcome everybody to Paradox Jukebox. It is your host, Katie, and today I have Claire Cunningham with me. Claire, how are you doing? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Oh, I am I am elated to have you and honored. So thank you so much for agreeing to come on and, and to talk about your music and your incredible career. Holy crap, lady. I've been like researching all about you and I just think that you have like one of the coolest careers that I have seen thus far. And I can't wait to dig in and, and tell all of your fans about some of the cool things that you're doing right now. I so appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> I always get so worried when people say they've done some digging because I'm like, what did you find? <laughs> or when somebody says, I heard music online, I'm like, precisely what, what era? <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot out there that you've done. Yeah. I've, I've done a bit of evolving too. So 
there's definitely old me, new me, and all the bits in between. <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, as a songwriter, that's kind of part of the journey, right? It is. It's beautiful. You know, a lot of people want to, like, sometimes get rid of songs that they've done in the past or, you know, um, get, you know, or take down music. And I've always been of the opposite um, mindset in the fact that like I want people to see how much I've changed I want people even if it's embarrassing or even if it's stuff that I don't stand by anymore I think it's nice because you know when people do like go backwards a little bit um, they can see the change and the change over time and plus like it's nice because it's growth and we can't delete what we do you know it's always going to be there somewhere um and, and and I think it's a story and it's a journey and I'm all about showing my journey so I think it's kind of prevalent that it stays there <laughs> absolutely absolutely well I think it's important for for your fans that have been so loyal for so many years they get to go on that journey with you they do and you know sometimes there's the concern that fans won't always like exactly what you're doing at the moment and maybe you know what they their idea of you especially when I left the rock and metal world that was the biggest um shift musically for me to do what I do now but you know I mean maybe one or two of them kind of got like a bit upset but most of them really did just keep following and that's the power of music and the power of a good song or a message it regardless of the style that it is people can still see that there's a message to be to be heard and and that's beautiful so yeah it's it's kind of awesome and and honestly I have some of the best fans in the world like they have really followed every single step of the way and I'm like wow they're, they're awesome I'm very very grateful that's beautiful. Well, congratulations. And, and I'm glad that your fans have stuck with you. I'm, I know a lot of people, you know, as they watch their favorite artists progress, you know, that that is always a concern. But I think if, you know, somebody's invested in your music from, you know, early on, they're with you all the way, right? Yeah, they, they really are. And, and they support, they do so much, you know, um that people don't even realize you know there are messages of you know positivity you know buying your merchandise or your cds your music downloading spreading the word sending people to your shows if they're in the cities and you know there's just a host of things that fans do that is just other than you know listening to a song and commenting it's, you know they 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 really do make an artist like have a career for a reason you know yeah absolutely absolutely so in talking about your journey I would love to take us both all the way back to where it all began in Ireland for you yeah um as a child growing up in, in a rural village called Cullen and County Louth which is north of Dublin um I I was born and raised on a road that had three houses and went to a school of like a couple hundred students and so thankfully in a way because it was so small um the kind of I don't know what grade teacher it would be in versus Ireland versus America but I was around seven when my um 
my uh, first first class teacher uh, realized I had I had a voice and I was chosen to do um, the in between two prayers at my first Holy Communion. I was I was given the singing part, and you know it was thanks to you know the school that put me into situations and into school plays and then the church choir um like I'd always been singing as a child at home but you know that was really when I realized it was like oh actually you know there's something here and I was always gravitating towards music it was always you know since I was about three and then I picked up you know the the keyboard initially which then became piano and yeah, I've been classically trained on piano um, to which I was able to then take that and uh, start uh, teaching myself guitar. I think it was around 16. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I had never had a lesson. I I, I kind of regret that because like I'm not a guitar player by any stretch, but um, it was really it really helped me to um, put music to the poems that I've been writing since I was a child which looking back and I always tell people who write in any circumstance poetry is, is songwriting without music you know so everybody has that ability I think everybody has it within them to to write it's just that they may not know the formula or how you know to put it out um, but that really was the start of it all and um, I decided I wanted to further my career um, and uh, education and music. And so I left home when I was 18, uh, moved to Dublin, which wasn't about an hour away at the time, door to door um, to do a bachelor. Uh, well, that wasn't a bachelor of arts, that was in London. And it was a diploma in popular music, performance and technology. And those two years kind of got my feet wet for what the industry had to offer. And I really loved it. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to further this and, and move to uh, the UK. And I moved to London. I spent three years in London getting my Bachelor of Arts. But I um, kind of majored in vocals. And they were some prevalent years um, that I've not ever really spoken about much. But, you know, I learned a lot of my craft. Um, and it was there that I also learned that I had vocal nodules too. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've never actually spoken much about that either. But, you know, I had some major voice issues um, just from misuse of not realizing how to use my voice properly. Um, and at the time, you know, smoking was still allowed in, in the bars. Uh, so the smoking ban was just coming in and that was helpful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but speech therapy, I had to attend speech therapy for, for a few months and um, just to learn how to because I'm quite a lazy speaker. That's what she said initially. Like, I'm very loud <laughs> <laughs> and I speak from down here instead of up here. And I was like, oh, this feels weird. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was just, I was really intrigued by how, you know, the body and how everything of a, of a human, uh, whether you're male or female, you know, we are our instrument. And, but I also, you know, was learning the craft of songwriting and and that. So it really, you know, as much as my career didn't use the degree I had, I think that the experience I got and moving away from home and being 
away from everything that I knew uh, to go and follow my dream of wanting to just be so immersed in music really taught me a lot of life lessons as well. And so, yeah, so then I decided, okay, this is, this is it. This is full time. So as soon as those few years were up in the UK, um, myself and Jamie um, was the guitarist of Smoke and Aces, my first professional band in the UK. All right. Uh, we went to work. So, um, yeah, Smoke and Aces. <laughs> Heavy classic rock and roll. Um very 70s 80s kind of it was fun we were original band and we also were like a corporate band played a lot of weddings it was my full-time full-time uh career you know yeah for sure yeah it was it was it was a lot of hard work again I learned the art of running a business and having zero uh experience with that but learning it on uh, as I went along and myself and Jamie ran that band and we had some incredible years um we also spanned off and did a, a smoking aces duo um so we were out on the road and out playing uh, seven days a week um, rack up most some of those years I think one of the biggest years was like 390 shows oh my god it's a lot yeah <laughs> I used to work in yeah didn't really have a life outside of it so um then um for anybody who doesn't know I ended up getting a phone call that changed my entire life um from a band in Sweden uh, called Thunder Mother <laughs> it's incredible so real quick I want to ask so as you were learning the ins and outs of you know running a band in Smoke and Aces can you give our listeners like if there's one piece of advice that you think that they really, really need when it comes to really running your band properly, what would that be? Take it seriously. Um, a lot of bands, if it's your part-time job or it's, it's just for fun, um, you know, the partying aspect will come into it. Um, there'll be a lot of, you know, probably a lot of drinking, a lot of, possible drug taking because it goes hand in hand with the industry right it does yeah and you know you need to be professional you need to be showing up on time you need to contact your clients when they need you you know especially for uh, back in the uk at that, at that time and still is uh most people book their bands two years in advance right get you for more but we would have physical diaries that we would purchase online that were two years ahead. And I would have that. And then online. Yeah, it was, we didn't have time for, you know, not, not being professional in a way, but I, I would, my advice is that if you're going to be in the industry, be humble, uh, be, be very professional, no matter where you're going, be kind to every staff member, uh, door staff, bar staff, you know, because you don't know who you're ever coming across and who you're meeting. Um, and you don't want to get, like, you may be the face of a band, but because your actions and the people you work with. So also if you're hiring people like sound guys or just a crew, make sure they're also professional and that they're kind and, and humble because they represent you as a band too. And so I think it's, and just be yourself. 
like don't try to be a carbon copy of another band or another artist people already have that so yeah that's that's a major component of it too but and people will give different advice and different things but oh and also never get like that thing where like people always say oh don't give up (laughs) (laughs) because there's no timeline to success and success is different in everybody's eyes right and so Mm -hmm. It depends on what you want. Some people love to just play Friday through till Sunday and have their drinks and that's their passion. And that's awesome. If you're going to run a band as a career, yeah, you need to you need to treat it like it should be. And it's a profession and you should respect it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for for saying that. I I actually run a band with my sister and yeah, it's it's wonderful. And, and so we've been at um lucky penny sisters now for 12 years and i and i give a lot of similar advice to students but also just other other musicians that are trying to cut their teeth in the industry and and that is first and foremost leslie and i's motto in our business is that we are professional we play with professionals and this is a business this is not a hobby this is not just it's not playtime for us this is this is our career as musicians and so i'm just i'm very grateful to you for saying that to all of our listeners because that is 100% first and foremost you must be professional yeah i definitely just would hone in on that part of it over everything else initially you know and um, but also to have fun yeah should i think music and especially i'm sure you know having family that's amazing um you know it should always first and foremost be fun because the day you're stepping on stage and it has happened to me and that's why I had to kind of break away when you're not enjoying what you're doing you have to ask yourself is this worth my mental health you know is it worth doing you know and and regardless of what people around you might think and say you know especially if it looks like fame or fortune is coming your way there's no amount of money that's gonna um you know replace the inner peace that you should feel or the goodness you should feel when because music is meant to make you feel good and make other people feel good you know absolutely all right so so let's get to to thunder mother because i i i know that a piece of like why you broke away is going to come after that um but yeah so tell me about thunder mother because this sounds like a really freaking cool band that i need to go down a rabbit hole and like investigate (laughs) oh gosh um you know there were some of the best years of my life but some of the most horrific for my mental um and my physical health um and I'll explain why but you know I was just I couldn't be any more grateful for the for the opportunity to have gotten that phone call um which really led me to have a career that I never envisioned for myself and and I guess a lot of people who end up on uh that those directories like feel the same you know it's like it's it's like it was fate call it as you will you know but um while in smoking aces I hadn't had an active I think YouTube was really only taking off at the time uh because we're going back a few years Mm -hmm. and um, myself and Jamie at that time 
decided because a lot of people were booking us and wanted to, you know, you can't invite people. Like people could come and see us at a show and book us, but if they couldn't come to somebody's wedding, you know, if they were in town. So we decided, okay, the next best thing to do is have an online presence because that wasn't the norm then. It was just really starting. So we sat down one afternoon and I think there was 29 videos. People asked me why I was wearing the same clothes. It's because I recorded all the songs in one go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It was easy for us because, you know, playing seven days a week, we were really comfortable and we knew our songs. And so we just bammed out like so many and just honestly, I just put them on YouTube only for the simple fact that I wanted them available to give to wedding couples or corporate events to check us out. Um, and one such video, Highway to Hell, uh, got picked up by uh, <laughs> the Swedish band. Um, so that's where the phone call came into place. And I got a voicemail that I wasn't able to call back. There was no callback number. Um, and thankfully, Philippa, the, the girl who ran the band, um, just decided that she really needed to speak to me. And she thankfully did call me the next day. And long story short, like literally three and a half weeks after that phone call, I'm on a plane to Sweden. Let's open up the motorhead. <laughs> it was beyond again I, I think looking back I couldn't actually comprehend what was happening so I just went with the flow but really looking back like it, that's just crazy like I, I went to a country I'd never gone to that doesn't speak my language this speaking it really well but um never met the girls didn't know the songs but had been listening to them you know um and phone recordings there wasn't even an album oh god <laughs> Yeah, and so I mean, writing down the lyrics so I remember them because I'm desperate. I can't even remember my own lyrics. We worked really hard on on my on my craft of wanting to do a good job because it was a big gig, and uh, yeah, we ended up I believe on one of the big news channels that evening, and so yeah, again, uh, a few months passed. I was over and back, over and back, and um, Thomas, uh, I can't remember his last name, but he was the um, a for Warner Music Sweden, saw us play at a, another festival, I think it was in Lapland, <laughs> and I just remember him giving me his card, and said, uh, we need to talk, and I saw his name, and I saw Warner Music Sweden, and I thought, whoa, this is like, cool <laughs> and I remember standing I've never shared the story actually I remember standing in that festival after we had gotten off stage telling the girls that the guy had just approached us and I remember turning to Tilda I think it was the drummer and I said I think our lives are going to change and she was, this is exciting. And we gave him a call and we were in the office a week later signing a major record deal. Wow. <laughs> no, just like that. Like I couldn't. So, but you know, at the time I still had smoking aces and I still had um, bookings two years out, right? And I wasn't just going to up and leave. So I decided until I, it felt good uh, with the, you know, 
with the band uh, in, in Sweden with the girls that I would just travel over and back to tour. Uh, so it was a lot on me physically. Um, I was, when I wasn't on stage with them, I was on stage with, with Smoking Aces and trying to wrap everything up there. But also, um, Jamie was my life partner too. Mm. And so we, we had kind of come to the end of that road. And so that kind of naturally ended as, and, you know, having bought house and, in Wales where I was living I forgot to mention that I wasn't still staying in London we had moved to Cardiff in Wales okay I was like whoa like maybe this is what has to happen and so we sold the house and moved back to Ireland with all my stuff dropped it there and then got on an airplane and said good luck and moved to Sweden I think it was around a year and a half after signing uh, I had made the, the big move. Wow. Yeah, it was just crazy, crazy times that I, I don't know if I'd be able to do all that again, but I probably would. You know, you just don't know, do you? Correct. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to know what's in store. I mean, that you've you've got, you know, you've got the Opry debut that just happened. And, you know, I'm hopeful that that, you know, brings some opportunities for you. So hopefully it won't be as taxing on your on your mental and physical health. I, I can't even imagine trying to, you know, fly or even drive back and forth uh, between countries even. I mean, granted, yeah. you know. I do a lot of driving just because I'm in the States and I, I'm oh, too, yeah. too poor to fly. That's what it really is. Well, honestly, I think driving is like, I will never fly in the States unless I have to. Mm-hmm. I love getting in my car and just driving 10 or 11 or sometimes I, I, the biggest drive I did was Montana, which was three days. Oh, wow. Yeah. It may not ever do that again. <laughs> it was awesome, but it was six days of just driving. <laughs> between getting there and back so but driving in america is so easy you know and it's accessible and it's definitely you know it, it is kind of like europe like when we used to do nightliner tours like uh, like in our nightliner and stuff like we would have a driver but sometimes we didn't and so in the early days we just when we had just gotten signed you know we there was a lot of groundwork to do and we had to tour all of sweden and when i say all of sweden the size of that country the vastness of that country i mean <laughs> seen more of sweden than swedes have. <laughs> there's not an inch of sweden i haven't seen and then we would do small european tours but, you know it was a lot of 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 that and um you know just lack of sleep and then we had unfortunately we had some internal issues to which I never really opened up about but you know now that she's on her fourth lineup I think some truth has trickled out about how she may be and how she is to work with and uh, I decided to stay silent in my departure all of us did in fact um, just out of respect and out of not wanting to air dirty laundry sure you know um i have now since released a memoir uh it's on my website i haven't actually publicly said it yet because i'm still working out the kinks but i wanted it in time for the opera but i do delve a little into um 
why and the causes of a lot of the the health issues I ended up having when there's struggle within a band and I think any time in life when you're having issues um you know and there's there's bullying involved or there's you know unhappiness surrounding what you do it's going to affect your health absolutely yeah you know and and physically but mentally and emotionally and you combine all of that together uh yeah that's not a good company that's why i always say first and foremost music should be done out of love and not because of money or because you're being forced to or because of contracts you know i I didn't care. I was like, you know, I may be contracted here, but I, I, I'm going, I'm not going to stay in a scenario. I will happily. That's why I, it took so long to depart as well. A bit like I can only equate to people getting divorced. Like you can't just up and leave and leave your kids. You know, there must be a process involved. Um, so yeah, it definitely gives me empathy towards those who are not in situations. Absolutely. Well, and it, it's very much like you said, you know, it's like, you know, a divorce when you're trying to, when you're trying to leave a project of any kind that you've devoted so much time and effort to. And, and there's a lot that's riding on that. And, you know, I mean, you have the fans to think about as well. And, and that's, that's very difficult, but, you know, it's also a really good lesson for artists to perk their ears up and listen to about, you know, you have to take care of yourself first. You can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah, amen. <laughs> and I always use the uh, the airplane analogy. There's always that great advice that you must attend to your own oxygen mask first to then be able to serve others. And some might look at that, and I probably did back in the day, oh, that's being selfish. But it, it really truly isn't because you need to be centered and grounded and healthy so that other people around you get a good vibe, get good energy, get a good version of you. Because there's no point in going out in the world. Look, we're all going to have days where we're going to be off. That's fine. But how many of those days in a row are you going to continue doing? And, and, and that's when you have to kind of put on the brakes and, and check in with thyself. Um, and I think if more people um, could find it in themselves to look within and just really ask those hard questions, am I happy? Um, because a lot of people, you know, I think just go through life. Um, but, you know, I think that's why 2020, I just, I still think it was such a prevalent year for people yeah. to really see what what matters here like what drives me is now that it's gone do i miss it you know right. if you did if, if it was something like i cried so hard because i thought this is this is all i know music is all i've ever wanted and now it's been snatched Gave voice to my past disgrace Now I've moved far from that shore I breathe your light of forgiving grace In clover fears aglow Your spirit grows in my body As I push my sins away
can find a place to rest. I open up my heart and some other people are like great (laughs) work (laughs) it's also great that's also good you can have a break but but you know i think it really gave people uh the the sense of like is this important enough to miss family time or is this to keep me going to to want to see it through so that i will get back there so um yeah i'm probably gonna off on a tangent no, it, this is perfect. I I love it. And and I think that, you know, for a lot of us, COVID was an awakening in many ways, but you know, especially for musicians, um and and just my close circle, I feel like a lot of us took advantage of the opportunity to stay home and work on our craft. And and I mean, Aaron and I, we, we built our business. We built Music on the Move Studios during the pandemic because basically we were like, hey, I need students because I'm broke, obviously. I have some referrals for you. And so, you know, that's how that's how our business got built. But I mean, then... Congratulations, by the way, because it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're very proud of it. And I mean, and, and that's how this podcast you know, was birthed is it was just, it would, it had been something that I'd been wanting to do. And then I was just like, Oh, look, here's the time and the place to do it. (laughs) Yes. You know, it's not such a beautiful thing too, because you can look at it and, and don't get me wrong, please. Anybody who's listening, who had a hard 2020 and the years following, I am not um, condoning that it wasn't, but I think it did allow some people to be like, Whoa, this is like perfect. This is forcing me to do something or it's allowing a bad situation to have a good outcome yeah you know um and so there's beauty sometimes in in the bad you know? absolutely that people don't see at the, the 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 time um and that goes regardless of 2020 that can be in any situation unfortunately we are subject to having adversities in life yeah you know, I talk about a lot about that and, 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 and sometimes just taking a deep breath in the moment and thinking, why, what, what is the purpose of this? And if you can't find the answer, it's maybe not meant to be answered at that time. Maybe it's a year down the road, 10 years down the road, who knows, but we've all been there where you'd be like, ah, oh, I can see why that happened. Yeah. I can see why I didn't get that job or you know, but it's not to say that we don't get frustrated and annoyed or upset. You know, we're human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. It's just learning that. And the more times it happens and the more you come through things, you'll realize, oh, okay, I'm seeing a pattern here and it's going to be okay. 
Yeah. You know, and absolutely not to not to make light of, of 2020 and, and how hard it was for everyone. But I think that it was a, a kind of an opportunity for the entire world to just really reflect and and sit back in in their life and go, hmm, what exactly is important here? What exactly do I want from my life now? Because a lot of people were just forced to stay home and and completely reevaluate their entire life, you know, maybe because their job had shut down or because their gigs had, you know, dried up. And I think that, you know, the, the beautiful thing that I see in this is anybody that I have conversations with about, you know, where they are now post COVID, they're like, oh, my life is so much better. Like I just, I shifted, I've pivoted, I have done, you know, I've done wonders to change my life and to, to change my career and my, my family life is better. I just, I hope that at least just in my little circle with everybody that saw positive things come out of COVID. I really hope that that has also radiated through the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. No. And thank you for saying that. I think it's, it is, it's an important and technical few years. And like you said, not, never to make light of things. I would never want somebody to think like it was all roses and, and it was all positive because there was definitely a lot of people who lost a lot of people and jobs and yeah. And the mental health, like where I really lean on is mental health awareness is a huge thing that I advocate for. And of course, those were the years that really exasperated the fact that there's a lot of it and it kind of made it rise. Yeah. But it also has put more awareness on it. And I think if there's a positive to come out of that even though it's risen i think more people can feel empathy to those who you know who have suffered prior to a pandemic and yeah. i it was right there with anybody who who had and so i was like well maybe it's time for people to get a snippet of what this feels like you know not to feel good and and, and to have things taken away and yeah so, if anything, it just gave people a mindset that's like maybe more open to realizing that, you know, it's not just, oh, don't worry or don't think about it. You know, it's yeah. So there's that side of the positivity of the mental health, too. Absolutely. Well, and, and you know, thank you for being an advocate for mental health awareness. Um I think that more artists that, you know, have the ability to really talk about mental health awareness and, um, you know, just help bring it to light and help people feel more comfortable having these conversations. Yeah, um, my main kind of goal has always been to kind of destigmatize it. Um, and, and trust me, I don't come from a culture or an era or an age where this was prevalent, you know, um, or it is prevalent, but it's not spoken with. Right. Um, and so I have said, and I will continue to say that I have a platform. Um, it may not be a massive, massive one, but I get to use this platform and the gift that I've been given through music to use it and to be a voice. In fact, I'm going to be putting out uh, a new record this year, hopefully by the time the summer rolls around, called Helping Hand. 
and it's it's inspirational it's a lot of faith-based stuff too but there is a song on there called a voice and it's all about how i'm thankful for uh, these adversities but now i have a voice and i used to lose my voice a lot and from being ill from mental uh, issues as well as other host of things um but also growing up in a rural part of Ireland doesn't give you the ability to really talk about a lot. And if anyone is wanting more of that information, uh, like I said, this memoir, I'm, I'm gonna, I will, I will talk about it. A, you know, once I feel like it's completely ready to be read by the world, but it is up there because it's a long read. It's mm -hmm. Pages. Good uh, for you. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I, I that was never my plan. My plan was to do a fitness blog. You <laughs> what my exercises are, and what I eat. So I started doing that. But as I was writing about the fitness journey, I realized, wait a second, like all this stuff started coming out, and it it delves into like addictions, abuse. Oh my God, you name it, all the different just journeys and the things I've endured. And the reason why it correlated into fitness was because I can see why fitness is such a huge part of my life because, you know, I, I lost control as a child and it was, it's my one way of feeling strong. And it's also, you know, addiction was something I, I have or had at least but not the typical kind of addiction that people think oh drunk a drunk or an alcoholic you know an alcoholic or a druggie you know there's so many forms of addictions and it stems from trauma and you just end up transferring addiction to addiction to addiction so I talk about food I talk about oh, a host of different things um but it all it all came back to the fitness so I was like man I'm just gonna keep writing and writing and writing and writing it just poured out so um i decided you know this is a this is not a gift but i want people to read this and realize maybe a snippet of why i am maybe the way i am and why i advocate the way i do yeah to be a voice like i said to bring that back and to, to have this platform and to just be open be vulnerable because i really i'm at a point in my life where i'm i'm happy to to be that for for somebody else i i maybe if i had it as a child i wouldn't have had the experiences you know had i not felt so alone but i did and i think it, it was beautiful because you know the good lord really was with me even when i wasn't with him mm -hmm. um, and and i saw and endured a lot but you know it's a beautiful journey because people will see that throughout the whole thing you know that i was always being looked after you know but I had to go through these things so I can at least now like I can communicate with people in a way that somebody couldn't maybe if they didn't go through it you know in your journey of of just being completely open about your experiences what if what if you shine light on somebody else who's currently going through something similar being able to look at your story and say okay well she did it I can do it right amen and another like i always uh, people are probably like she all says the same things but i think it's so important like the four minute mile 
was never achieved until it was achieved. Mm -hmm. So many people broke that record. Like it's so all people sometimes need is evidence of somebody who's gone through something and then feels like, man, I can do that. I even do it myself. Like if somebody like this is so ridiculous. Probably what I'm about to say, but like I go to one of the hottest saunas in town, right? Like I'm a avid sauna user, and said sauna, it's it gets above two hundred degrees where I sit in it. But there's certain people who come in there, and when they say what time they can do, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I will push. I but I I realize that now everybody has that want for me to even do that but I think it's 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 crazy because in my mind I'd be like up and gone but I'm like no 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 they can do it I can do it and and that's a competitive side that belongs to me personally but I do believe that it's not until we see others try something or do something that we feel the courage to well, maybe okay let me try that then that we do these things like you know show people that it's it's possible don't be careful don't be safe don't be <laughs> right right i i personally have actually never been to a sauna um so i the, the thought of being in a room that gets up to 200 degrees i think i would pass out but obviously you have to like you know work your way up so but, you know, for anybody that is an avid sauna goer, I, I challenge you to beat Claire's time. What is your current time, Claire? So, well, in that corner that I do, I have a sauna vest as well. So the max I've sat in that dry sauna has been 37 minutes. I believe somebody's best was 50. I think it was 48, 49. Wow. But most people last anywhere between two minutes and... If you can get a 20 minute round, then you're doing really well. But you got to be right up top where it's the hottest and in this particular corner that, that, that it has because it's. But then I have a home sauna too. I have a portable infrared sauna. And I go into this in the memoir too, if anyone's even interested or interested <laughs> why I do these things. But honestly, uh, the best part of uh, pushing your body and why I love to train as well uh, is that if you can push your body beyond what you believe it's capable of, anything that comes at you during that day is not going to be nearly as hard as suffocating in the box. Right? <laughs> and that being said, I, I should mention that that's rounds. So I do rounds. I like to do minimum of an hour. Okay. Uh, but I will sometimes if I have a bit longer, I'll do more rounds. But typically uh, it's an hour of dry sauna and maybe an hour or two hours of infrared a day uh, on top of what I do. Wow. But, so it's like that's where my passion lies. I just there's a certain amount of that. that I, I don't do it because it's I have to. I do it because it's required. You know, I'll, I'll just I'll <laughs> well i i think that that is really incredible and now i really want to go try i'm not i'll let you know how long i last it'll probably be, i'll be one of the two minute but that's okay 
yeah because you got because people pass out so it's it's not good to ever go into anything new for your body that's going to shock your body too to just you know and i've learned the hard way i've always been like oh well i'll, <laughs> I'll be fine <laughs> no. like like with medication or like with exercise like with anything that your body's not used to yeah, you gotta work your way up but it's yeah. that's patience and i have zero patience <laughs> and what that feels like anybody out there who's like oh, 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 I love it. That's awesome. Well, yes, and um, I'll, I'll make sure that there's links in the in the show notes so that everybody can go and uh, and read your your memoir. Um, I think that's really interesting, so I, I can't wait to read it. And but but two congratulations on on writing a memoir. I mean that's that is a feat, and I know that it wasn't intentional, but you know my sister just released a book this year, and and she spent twelve years on it, so. I, I understand how big of a feat that is. Yeah, and, and to anybody out there who is a professional writer or who has put out a book, this is not by <laughs> It's very, and you will see it, it's just, just you can tell whatever just came out, came onto the paper. Yep. Um, there was, I had to tweak it, obviously, to make it read a little better. I had a little, I had a great friend of mine, Linda, who um, proofread it and you know just putting sections into but there was i have no no background in 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 how to write and and maybe it's not even a memoir i feel like that's the best way of describing it because it takes you on a journey of of my life Mm -hmm. Uh, but if i were to really hone in and have a publisher or somebody a writer i would love to put in print a life story in a book but i don't have the capacity on top of everything that i do already sure <laughs> <laughs> so it might read a little odd um but you know i just it's it's just me it's me in a nutshell really and but it's not it's the bad sides of what i've gone through but also the, the goodness that i have come out of the bad yeah and if it helps even one person that's awesome because the first time when I ever had um, cognitive behavioral therapy uh, called CBT uh, for anyone out there with you know anxiety depression whatever it's it's a great form of um, counseling that um, helps with that uh, rejigs how your brain works but I remember on day one she suggested a book for me to go and buy and read and when I opened it I was like whoa this is me that's me on the page (laughs) And I was like, I'm not alone. Mm. I had a revelation of reading this book and realizing, oh, this this is actually more people have had this. And then you realize, wow. So I think that was a big turning point for me and why I think maybe I feel so, you know, feel so strongly about needing to share stories so that others can not feel alone. Yeah, well, and and like you said, I mean, if it even just helps one purpose or one one person, then it's it served its purpose. You know, you just the stream of consciousness is enough for people to to be able to identify. You know, because you know th- there are so many people out there who are like, I could never write anything like that, and then lo and behold, they absolutely have it in them, right? Everybody does. Yeah. Oh. I think we're the only people who stop ourselves doing anything. 
and you know you don't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be like that's where I've really changed before I'd have never put this out because I'd be like no it has to like it has what the major thing I've done and always have done is I don't look at other people's work Mm. then I would stop then I would be like ah that's this isn't professional enough and I do that with songwriting I stopped all writing with people Uh, not that I don't co-write anymore I do um but I'm mindful because I would think that what I'm saying and writing is not good enough and I used to leave even songs that I would start writing um and be like no this is this is crap up out of my chair and away and the song would never get born and oh, I don't know it's just amazing I I can only equate it again to when when the good lord came back into my life he would be like you're not getting up no you're finishing and some of those songs have been I don't know I I just I'm a conduit to whatever was coming out and yeah they're the ones that people seemingly like from experience now over the few years gravitate towards mm-hmm. get messages about you know and I'm like whoa like but I can't take the glory for that but just be a conduit to it. and it's 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 wonderful so I think when people stop wanting to be so perfect which perfectionism is something I desperately uh, identify as you know had to have uh, so I've let go of that, mostly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems to have served you. I mean, you know, letting go of that perfectionism is hard for any musician. I I am also a perfectionist. And so uh, there's, there's many songs that I have put down and then picked up a decade later, right? Um, and then I realized, wow, I shouldn't have let this go for so long. But <laughs> that... Um, beauty in that too because when you evolve and you grow you can look at that song that maybe had something but now it's going to be much better absolutely mindset you've grown a little um and there's a beauty in that as well that that you know maybe there was a reason why the song couldn't you know the way like when people say oh how come you haven't gotten big or how come you haven't this that and the other and then something like like the opposite comes along and I'm like, I get it now. I understand that there's no way Claire three years ago could have stood on that stage and done what I did with the same amount of and, and having the platform like the Lord knew until I had enough to say and have something like a member or just to be comfortable in in my journey now uh that the eyes that can see me today would see a different version of one few years ago um so it was a timely thing i I believe in that respect absolutely um so okay so you mentioned the opry so let's let's talk about that how like take me from the moment you stepped on the stage what was happening anybody and you'll see it too <laughs> real clear fashion <laughs> oh my god uh you know so i um 
a lot of people were like, are you nervous? And I remember just standing side stage and and I, uh, I'm very much when I'm focused, I don't think about much else, but I was just hoping <laughs> mainly that I was able to walk in the dress and not really my normal attire. But preparation wise, I've sung the song a million times. So um, I wasn't really like too concerned about that, but I had, nobody knows unless you knew me personally and seen me that week. I was in a doctor surgery uh, five, six days prior, getting a cortisone shot because I lost my voice, like 100% lost my voice. Oh no. Yes. Um, I had severe laryngitis from what I, I can only equate, there was a lot going around at the time, but uh, that morning I got up, uh, I was at 6 a.m. to do a WMT, WSMB TV appearance that I almost had to cancel and um, so the night before I started coughing and I wasn't I just wasn't feeling like myself uh, I was putting it down to I, look I won't lie the whole Opry experience was the best experience of my entire life but also so, I was stressed I, I was legit stretched way beyond my means for like what it involved but so blessed too <laughs> I did. I ended up probably my immune system took a little beating uh, and I'm very healthy, but I decided I was still training. But my voice, when this happened the last time, I, I used to get laryngitis a lot, but it, it, thankfully, I'm, you know, I was over that. Um, I lost my voice for eight days. Mm. So I knew I had I had seven days. It was a week and I was like, oh, God. Now, from experience, I don't go to doctors a lot. Like, I, I really am all about just healing naturally if I can. But I knew I was on a time crunch. I had to cancel a bunch of interviews, uh, which I hate doing the week of because, you know, I'm trying to do as much prep. Yeah. Um, and took myself to the doctor, got some respiratory steroids. Um, they do help but it doesn't, it's not overnight. And um, so three days out, two days out, I'm still like, oh my God, like, oh no, I'm back. So I was nervous about that. I was like, this is going to be the biggest kind of show of my life. And I may not even have a voice for it. But it wasn't only the concern with the Opry. I had the whole Music City Irish Fest going on and St. Patrick's Day, which I had, you know, performances for. Yeah. Oh, and a bunch of talking so I had to go on vocal rest like zero talking to anyone in the sauna that was hard anybody who saw me in the sauna was like <laughs> no it's fine and um, so yeah side stage and then I walked out great and then I get to the stage put on my um, guitar and I see the pedal, my vocal harmonizer pedal that I wasn't even going to use, but I thought I'll just use it because I always use it. And um, the beautiful staff set it all up for me, <laughs> but they kind of put it way too far into the circle. So I'm like standing there and I'm like, I the pedal is like really far away. So I had to bend down in my dress with my guitar on. Oh gosh. I can grab the pedal closer, but in doing so, the power cord goes out. So there's this big, right? And I'm like, oh, good Lord. 
oh no so i'm like oh oh i'm like there's sirens going off in my brain okay mm-hmm. I, and there's a silence because everyone's like what is she doing but it feels like an eternity right but somebody <laughs> in the audience now one friend said it was them but i don't know which one because it, it ended up happening twice said let's get married <laughs> dying laughing like while I'm trying to fix this pedal so you know it was perfect because when I got back on up onto the mic then I was like well if you've got a green card then yes (laughs) so I was like okay well it's to break the ice so hi everybody And you know, between, and I said this in one of the interviews I did, I completely forgot that, oh my God, I need to maybe say hello to the audience, <laughs> introduce my song, because I was thinking, oh, I'll just go straight into it, but I didn't have two songs. I only had the one song because I was performing with Steve, Steve Earl for the second. So then I was like, well, I don't prepare anything. I'm very off the cuff, but I might have just, oh, I was like, now I have to speak on top of all that. So I just did. I did the song, and 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 then I have the interview after the song, which isn't on YouTube yet. I'm getting the video this week, um. So I didn't realize I was going to have an interview also, uh, side stage in front of everybody after the whole thing went down. So oh gosh. <laughs> He had a little card with little talking points, and I'm like, "Oh my god, what are we gonna get at?" <laughs> but it was such a beautiful experience. Honestly, I wouldn't have traded a second the way it, the way it happened. You know, down to even the pedal because that was that was a real. I think it was it was funny. Everybody got a good laugh out, but so you know. But the old me, I'd, I, I that would have ruined my night. Yeah happening whereas I just look at it now and it was funny it was, it was so so me <laughs> the artist I'm ever sure has walked onto that circle and had, yeah to cause such a scene <laughs> I'm sure that there have been plenty of moments where something like that has happened but you know what I think in that moment you can you can track that up to God being like it's okay to be you it's okay to be yourself show this audience who you are Yes, exactly. There's no airs and graces with me. Uh, you know, I like to show like that's just a prime example of something that can go wrong. It's not really wrong, but that you just you, the show must go on. Yeah. So, you know, and and it's great, you know, because like in scenarios where it's like, oh, God, there was time so countless any musician, as you girls know, too. I mean, there's always going to be technical issues. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Your cord comes out of your mic. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, sound doesn't work. Something's not work. Like, there's, we're going to always have a host of things. But, you know, even actually the one of the things that happened, I had been asked to go to Minnesota for um, a church uh, Christmas, um, like, concert. And, of course, everybody else's sound was fine. And then I started playing and then for some reason I thought it was the something had happened with the instrument or the mic. 
but there was a little kid who ran upstairs and he pressed the mute button. Oh my gosh! <laughs> he couldn't work it out. He was like, oh my god, what's happened? And some kid had to hit the mute button. So I go mute, but I just stood aside from the microphone and just sang. I just kept going. And sometimes you just, that's, but that's experience. I think, you know, you don't freeze. I don't, you know, you just, you gotta keep going. And especially if you know you're on live TV or a radio where there's no, you know, there ain't no stopping and editing. It's, this is what's happening right now. <laughs> yep. Yep. Coming at you completely live. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, okay, so before we before we wrap up, because I don't want to take too much of your time, um, I do want you to tell our listeners about your song Clover that we're featuring on the show today. Thank you. Yeah. So Clover is I believe I released that song back in twenty nineteen. Yeah, probably sometime around then. Um it's 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 one of the prevalent ones for me personally just because of my faith journey and when I first moved to Nashville and like again people are getting way more of an insight as to my journey in in the memoir but um I was not a Christ follower in fact I hated anything to do with God or Jesus and I thought it was all just didn't want didn't need for it I had you know, so I was I was heavily involved in the occult world and you know witchcraft and just just anything ungodly. It was what I was into, and I you know I loved that kind of lifestyle. And then you know when I first moved to Nashville, a lot of people in my life that are still so prevalent in my life, including Drac, the co-writer and producer on that song, uh, were surrounded me and surrounded me with love and acceptance uh, despite you know me not even knowing Christ and him and a few select others helped me in my journey and my faith walk and were very patient with me and um, so when I did give my life back to, to Christ and at the end of 2020 that was so that means Clover's wasn't 19 I think it was 20 I don't know, I'm getting my years mixed up now, but it was after I had, um, you know, come back to Christ and the song was a thank you uh, for always being there and, and, and just bringing me out of such darkness into the light. And so we knew that we had to do a music video for it and it was a long time coming, but we had just released that now, March 5th. Oh, wow. To which I actually, um, again, some people I don't know realize this, but in that music video, I'm being rebaptized for real. Oh, it was a big deal that nobody knew about when it was happening either. And Drac, my co-writer producer on it, actually performed the the whole thing for me too. So he's in the video. He, he's the one who does it. Um, so it, it was just there's a lot of special um, meaning behind the whole song and the whole just what the meaning and message of it is and um, and also because it's got celtic undertones yeah. usually celtic and so uh, and i get to do a little bit of irish dancing <laughs> all right <laughs> so people will see that you know but um yeah it's it is a it's a song that just means a lot to me just because it was the first one that i kind of wrote and now 
I'm going to have a whole album worth of that kind of material coming this year. And so, yeah, just I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have, you know, to work and to release stuff with such beautiful humans, um, including Drac, you know, um, my papa bear, I call him. (laughs) (laughs) They're just so wonderful and just very inspirational. People like him and and their family and and other people that I know here it's just so inspiring to me because I'm relatively new in my walk um I may be fast-tracked and I know that I've the growth has been huge like it's been very fast and a lot of people have seen that themselves who knew me prior uh they're very like whoa that's a quick shift you know that's (laughs) that's not the norm but I do know that sometimes, again, if we have a platform and we have a message that sometimes you will get fast tracked uh, because it's important, you know, yeah. to maybe show that evolution a little faster. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of the most prevalent songs. So thank you for you know sharing it. And yeah, it's part of my culture too, with it being Celtic. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I so I've, I've listened to it a, a couple of times and um we have we have Irish um you know heritage and th- there's always been something about Celtic music that has a chemical effect on my body so I wasn't I was not aware of what I was listening to like you know I'm, I'm pulling up the Google Drive and I'm thinking oh I'm really excited about this and then I hit play and I went <sighs> and I just I just let it wash over me. It is a beautiful song, and I am so very, very humbled that you're letting me showcase it on the show. So thank you very much. I'm I'm the one who's very thankful. Thank you, and that's that's a perfect way of describing it because a lot of Celtic music, and I didn't ever write Celtic music until I really moved to America, which is just five years ago, and. Um, that so many people always say it like it touches their soul. Mm-hmm. And then it got me thinking, and the more kind of conversations I'd have with people, realizing that like there's undertones of a lot of suppression and oppression that comes from that kind of, you know, Celtic, because like Appalachian music is the same, but slavery, you know, all of that, like it all stems from that, those, and I don't know whether it's the chords or the way it's put it's just but there is something chemical in it i i you know i i truly believe that too and even when i personally sing say the song i did at the opry like i can't explain what happens in me when i like sing that like it's just there's a different place i can access yeah Uh, but that's why music no matter what it is or what it comes from or stems from is so just just there's something so special about music that can you know regardless of where you are from or your language or whatever it is there's an emotion and a connection and it's a communicative skill that's used to bring us together and uh it's just magic yeah it absolutely is well claire i cannot thank you enough for for taking time to come on the show today and to share all of your experiences you know at the opry but then also your journey in in mental and physical health and you know it's just this has been a lovely conversation so thank you so very much no thank you thank you for giving me the opportunity i say this to everybody anybody like yourself 
um, that just gives us a platform to speak and for people to just, you know, maybe find it on YouTube. Or <laughs> oh, it's, it's beautiful. So I, I really appreciate you um, taking your time to talk to me. Absolutely. Well, we wish you the best of success and we're, we're very excited for what's to come for you. And you and you guys, too. I'm, I'm, I'm watching on sidelines here, too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Claire, for coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure. I really, I had one of the best times on this interview. And uh, so for those of you who are in the Nashville area, the next chance that you get to see Claire Cunningham, take it. Absolutely, 100%, 1,000% take that chance. Claire's links will be in the show notes. Thank you all so very much for listening in today. And Claire, I hope that we get to actually share a stage together in Columbus sometime. So I, I'm looking forward to that day, my friend. Thank you so very much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Please like and subscribe and share this podcast wherever you can. We'll see you next week.